You're listening to the Midwest Bias Podcast, where we love Subarus, Tater Tot Hot Dish, and I-95 is a bingo ball, you betcha. <laughs> How's that? Does that work out, Kirsten? Well, yes, it does, Tony Kornheiser. Thank you very much. This is Kirsten, or KJ. Welcome to the Midwest Bias Podcast, as Tony said, and thanks for pressing play. Uh, I'm going to get right into the podcast after this brief announcement. This is an announcement for Jingle Fest. Jingle Fest 8, Secret Occasion. I'm just going to read it because when I try to explain what Jingle Fest is or Tony Kornheiser Little, Tony Kornheiser Little is a little bit easier to explain. But when I try to explain what Jingle Fest is, I think I actually make it worse. So, Jerry Negrelli. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Jerry has put together every single one of these Jingle Fests and these Kickstarter campaigns. And I think every single, I know every single one of them in the past has been fully backed. And I hope this one gets backed as well. Here it is. Are we still doing this? Four question marks. Yeah, I think so. When? The weekend of June 24th, 2023. Where? To be determined. Somewhere in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Since June 2015, the Littles of the Tony Kornheiser Show have gathered every summer to celebrate the silly custom content created for the mailbag segment. This annual event also celebrates the great community of folks who listen to the show, and it is a great excuse to bring this community together for a weekend of fun. This year, we're getting a late start because I really wasn't sure that folks were up for it again. But I have received so many questions that there is clearly still interest in hosting an event. So let's do it again. We have not yet scheduled a venue and will do so based on the success of this campaign. Options for 2023 include a hotel meeting room, a restaurant party room, or if we fall woefully short, a house party. Seriously. KJ, Jerry, Joe, and Steve are confirmed for this event. And all littles, jingler or no, are welcome. So we're raising money to support travel and lodging, plus costs associated with whatever venue and food, drink, is ultimately identified. So, like I said, every year this has been backed. Um, the, the goal this year is 2500 And as of this moment, it's 80% pledged. $2,016 from 21 backers. Thank you very much. I'm saying thank you because this specifically helps me for to pay for travel and lodging expenses. So I would say go back it. Also, let's get a good venue. Anyway, it's a great event. It's fun. We always have a blast. Uh, let me read you the tiers, the rewards, I should say. Pledge without a reward. You can always do that. That's 10 bucks. Just because you believe in it. Pledge 30 bucks or more. Get the t-shirt. Get a copy of the Jingle Fest. It says Jingle Fest 7 t-shirt. I think Jerry meant Jingle Fest 8, but the whole thing is on brand if he said 7. Final colors and design to come if this project is funded. Pledge $50 or more, sponsor the t-shirt, put your name on the back of the official Jingle Fest 8 swag with the names of other sponsors. Final colors and design still in the works. To me, it looks like this is like a Marvel-type font, like Marvel Universe, which is funny. Pledge 100 or more, Marvelous sponsor. Ah, yeah, it is. Get your name on the back of the t-shirt and select up to three event shirts or legacy items from the Jingle Bin, so from past Jingle Fests. So basically the stuff Jerry has laying around. But it's good. It's good. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, I will be there. Hall of Famer will be there. 
We are bringing family members and friends who have no idea how this thing works. Well, actually, the Hoffer's mom does. She came last year. She's coming again. We have to bring in two other folks that are not little, so anybody can come. If you are inspired to, to sponsor, just go to kickstarter.com. And I think you just, what I did was I just tapped the search icon, the little magnifying glass, and typed in Jingle Fest. And Jingle Fest 8, Secret Occasion, came up first. So that's probably the easiest way to do it. If I remember, I'll put it in the show notes, the link to it in the show notes. So again, thank you, Jerry, for doing this. I will be there in D.C. if this Kickstarter is backed. All right. I went on long enough about that, but... Oh, but I should also say that we... It's just... Jingle Fest is that Saturday night, but it's also... I'm sure we'll do Jingle Golf, which the Hoffer and I compete in every year, and Mingle Fest which is typically, I think Patrick Smith threw it last year. It's at a local brewery where all the littles get together before the event, like a pregame. Not on Saturday, it's usually Friday night, I think. And that is also a blast. The whole weekend is fabulous. So, I hope I can be there for Mango Fest. Uh, we'll have to see. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Taste test with the Hall of Famer. <sighs> yep. Taste time with the Hall of Famer. Welcome back, Hall of Famer. It's great to be here. Looking forward to it. (laughs) We always look forward to these. Let's see. It's been two weeks since our last show, I believe. It's been, it feels like a month or more. It does. You know, we talked about, we teased maybe an extra special taste test in the last two episodes. Mm -hmm. And that was because we went to Albuquerque where Tim. Bonus brother. Bonus brother from Palmyra, Antarctica, Greenland fame, and girlfriend Lydia live, and bonus sister Terry was there as well, and we were supposed to go there at Christmas, Southwest canceled our flight, so we were doing uh, spring break makeup mm-hmm. and going there for that, yep. and, and we were hoping to do a taste test there. Tim picked up some beer, we taste tested it, we just didn't record it, and that it's primarily because Mama ended up in the hospital out in New Mexico. So I won't go into everything, but basically she had a reaction to the altitude, pretty mm-hmm. bad reaction to the altitude, and was in the hospital four days out yeah. of our yeah. six... Three nights, about three days, three nights. She out of our seven-day trip? Yeah. Six-day trip? Yeah. Ch- plans changed. Plans changed bit. fast, and, and you and I were able to get to Santa Fe for a few hours. Yep. And uh, so we did that, and we got to do a little bit of a look-see around Albuquerque, but otherwise it was mostly in the hospital in New Mexico. And I don't want to get into it, but just to say that, and these people in the hospital were good, but healthcare is just awful in this country. Mm -hmm. It's just, and everybody who's had anyone in the hospital or goes to the doctor knows that. It's just, and mom, mama has good insurance. It's not about insurance. It's about how they run things. Yeah. You need an advocate for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, they kept her a day and a half extra mm-hmm. because she was waiting for a test that they didn't have any technicians for. Yeah. It, it was bad. But anyway, then we get home. We're home two days and we have to take her back to the hospital here in town. So we've spent, and she was in the hospital here, what, three or four days? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then family... Uh, from Nashville showed up we they were always going to come we were going to celebrate mom's 80th birthday but that party got canceled because she was not feeling well and, and in the hospital actually she was out for that um, 
she happened to get out in the morning after they arrived. So mm-hmm. most of the time they were here, she was out of the hospital, which was nice. But it's been a lot of hospital stays and just seems like a month. And we were, and I didn't think about this, but we should have done a taste test when they were here too, mm-hmm. because we got a shipment of a new shipment of beer from Jason Euphema. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Now, you remember Jason runs Shy Bear Brewing? Yes, I remember that. In Lewistown, Pennsylvania. And he is the one that made the lechiserie beer that Tata K sent to us, sent to me. It was a lechiserie stout. You wouldn't like it, that but I loved it. You dearly loved it. You betcha, five rating all around. And I think at the time, we said something like, wouldn't mind a box of that. And, <laughs> and Jason obliged so we we got a box while we were i think i don't remember when it came probably it was before the nashville folks came yes uh i think it was oh yeah it was being held at the mail held while we were in albuquerque so Mm -hmm. anyway we come back to this great box of beer but he also sent he sent beer Mm -hmm. a a mixture of beers some ipas in there that i'm a little worried about with the ipas you and i don't like ipas but maybe we'll like this ipa you never know and and some sours i think and he also sent root beer which i did not know they made and so it would have been and he sent some coffee Mm -hmm. so his coffee company is rich coast coffee so we're excited to try all that stuff but we were thinking with the girls here the 10 year old nashvillean nieces they could have tested the root beer, and we could have tested the beer, but we, please forgive us, our minds were elsewhere. Yeah. So we didn't do that, but now we are more than ready to drink. Let's do this. And we still have, we'll get to the beer from Jason Euphema down the line, uh-huh. but we still have a, is it Patrick Smith? A couple more from Patrick Smith. And, yeah, Patrick Smith. Oh, yeah. how many are we doing? Uh, we're doing two tonight. Two. Okay, so we one that you chose from Patrick Smith after tonight. Okay, so you chose one from Patrick uh-huh. Smith, and the other one you chose was from Will Bird. Yep. At Aquarium D R N K E R. Okay, yep. but before we get to those, because we're kind of throwing this podcast together because I just didn't want to have three weeks of no podcast. But Mama's going in for a uh, surgery tomorrow. She's getting a feeding tube. So we're not, I'm not going to go deeply into, uh, I picked a very few of the feedback that we got after the two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everyone that sent any in. But this one, speaking of Will at Aquarium D-R-N-K-E-R, he's the one that always sends us food, like food porn and discontinued foods and things like that. Well, he sent from discontinued foods, which is at snack underscore memories. Will wants to know what's Mid-America's take on... Black jelly beans. What's your opinion? Delicious treat? Nasty trash? Somewhere in between. Go. Well, I think this is could be for anyone in the U.S. I think this, this not is just not just mid-America. No, yeah. no. I think this is just your your buds. Mm-hmm. Do your buds like it or not? For Do your me, buds like it? Actually, it's somewhere in between for me. Like, oh. I, I love candy just in general. Mm-hmm. So if it was put in front of me, I'd eat it. And I like oh. them. They're good. They're good. They're fine. I thought but, you were gonna say nasty trash. Oh no, no. Uh, I would give it like a three. Oh, okay. I didn't ask for your rating, but no, that's okay. But we don't. We don't have any black licorice. If anybody no. wants to send us uh, some 
servings of black licorice, oh. then we will test those out. But you, you would say yes, you somewhere in between. Yeah, somewhere in between. But I know what your answer is. Yeah, my answer is delicious treat. Uh-huh. I actually think I like them better than the red licorice. See, which is just silly. Well, what about black jelly beans? Yeah, I like those better. Wait, no, oh, that's I thought what we were talking, talking about. about black licorice. Yeah. Same thing. I like black licorice better than the red licorice. Oh, see, I don't like black licorice as much as I like the, jo- uh, oh, the black jelly really? beans. Yeah, I got like, that confused. I don't think, beans, yeah. I don't actually, I don't think I care for black licorice. Well, what's the difference? Black jelly beans, because it's different. They taste oh. different. Oh, I see. Not well, to plus me. it depends on the, on the licorice company also. I will say that if I eat too many black jelly beans, I start to get an after factor. Mm. Whereas I don't really get that as much with black jelly beans. Sure. Uh, I do... I, I never used to like Starburst jelly beans because oh. they don't have any of the black, yeah. traditional black. And now you've got me liking those. Yeah. Because those you're are your hooked. favorite. They're excellent. I do like black jelly beans. And, and what's kind of nice if you're a fan of black jelly beans or black licorice is most people aren't. At least that's my experience. So you get all the black ones and they just, you know, pour a handful yeah, out. And if there's up. three black jelly beans, you get them and then you just pile them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So delicious treat for me, somewhere in between for you. Yeah, I would say probably if you had to do a percentage, probably only about, it'd probably be like a 75-25 split on that, on what you like more. 25% being the black jelly beans and black licorice. Like me? 25% of people, just oh. in general. Yeah, I don't know the answer That's to that. That's just a guess. Okay. You know how they say people that are left-handed are smarter and uh, more artistic mm-hmm. and more creative. Maybe us left-handers are also like black jelly beans and black licorice more because Maybe. we just know what oh, the good things are. Really? So sophisticated and yes, wonderful. Yes, Okay, thank you, Will. And if I didn't say it, Jason, you out, thank you very much mm-hmm. for the beer thank and you. coffee and root beer. We're very excited to get to those. Okay, now Ed Butt shared a list of the 20 most drunken cities. Oh, Jenny Robbins pointed it out at Robbins underscore Jenny and said, what's up with this Midwestern stat? And even I, without Jenny pointing it out, would have noticed this. So it says, Wall Street reviewed the excessive drinking rates in 381 metro areas in the United States to identify the 20 drunkest cities. The 20 drunk drunkest cities in the U.S. are, number one, do you have a guess? Probably Madison. Madison's number four. Oh, okay. That's close. The first four are Wisconsin. <laughs> that makes Your sense. home state. That makes well, sense. technically not your home state, but number one, you hear one more city in Wisconsin? Oh, uh, Green Bay. No, ding, 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 mm-hmm, ding, Green mm-hmm, Bay. Mm-hmm. Number two, I would not have picked this city, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Oh, really? I would have maybe picked Milwaukee. Um, number three, Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. Also something I wouldn't have picked. No. Five, Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, Six, Oshkosh, Nina, Wisconsin. Seven, Missoula, Montana. That's oh, a college town. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just throw out there that's a college town. Yep. Eight, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Mm. Nine, Wausau, Wisconsin. Ten, La Crosse and Onalaska, really? Wisconsin. Eleven, Mankato slash North Mankato, Minnesota. <laughs> Twelve, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Thirteen, Iowa City, Iowa. Fourteen, Dubuque, Iowa. 15, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, oh boy. 16, Waterton, Fort Drum, New York, 17, Lincoln, Nebraska, 18, Fairbanks, Alaska, 19, Ames, Iowa, and 20, rounding out the top 20, Milwaukee, Waukesha, West Allis, Wisconsin. Wow. So the stat that Jenny refers to, I think you can probably guess it too after I read you that list. Yeah. 
the high percentage of Midwest. 16 out of 20. Wow. And way to go. Yeah. Way to go. And it, Wisconsin is the big winner here. Yeah, but there's, okay, Fargo, Grand Forks, so two North Dakota. Um, Minnesota has a few. Iowa, Lincoln's got one. And Alaska. So all of these places, to me, and I think uh, Steve Osbold tried to put a pro- tried to put a positive spin on it by saying something like, "We like a challenge and we work hard" or something. Um, but it's so cold and snowy for so long, especially Fairbanks, Alaska, mm-hmm. that people are so sad and depressed that they want to go drink. Well, that's the nice thing about a beer; it goes well with anything. Yeah. So we, no matter the weather or the activity, we're all in. But that that is you have to admit that's quite glaring. Oh, ab- absolutely. Now, part of it glaringly could, awesome. Part of it could be that a lot of the mid, you know, Wisconsin is known for bush, mm-hmm. and I mean, Denver, Colorado, I guess, doesn't on the list, and they're they're not Golden, Colorado's mm-hmm. Coors, they're not on the list. But I was thinking the places that make the beer might yeah. consume the beer more, but because lacrosse, lacrosse used to make what old Milwaukee was I don't it. Know. I don't remember either. I just know that these towns have old breweries in them yeah. that you can tour. Uh, Wisconsin's full of them. So mm-hmm. that might be part of it. But I just found that like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of us. Yeah, you are. Good. Okay. So thanks for sharing that, Ed and Jenny, for bringing it to our attention. Okay. Are we ready for the taste test? What do we have? Who did you select first? Which one? Patrick's, Patrick Smith's. Yep. Patrick Smith's first, yep. first, and then Will Bird. Okay, That's right. let's do it. Maybe we should review the cheesy rating system that we don't use. Yes, please. We do use it. Yeah. Zero equals. Ish. One equals criminy. Two equals. Oofta. Three equals. It's interesting. Four equals. Ah, jeez, that's good. And five equals. You betcha. Now, right. when we were in Albuquerque... Bonus sister Terry. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Terry complained about our rating system by That's saying true. that it goes from three. So there's three, zero, one, two, and three. There's four out of the five. No, four yeah. out of the six ratings that are not so great. And then there's two. It goes from not so great to awesome. Yep. She wants something in between mm. three and four. She's not going to get it. She's not going to get it unless she comes up with something really good that would fit a Midwesterner. And she knows because she's originally from Iowa. That's right. Okay, here we go. All right. The first one we're going to try is from Patrick Smith. And it's called Cherry Fluff Sour. So you Ooh. know I'm all interested in this. Oh, yeah. The can itself is um, kind of like a pinkish peach can. Mm-hmm. With um, a lovely 3D layered drawing slash painting slash artwork. I'm confused by 3D. Well, uh, it like it comes out at you. It it's, does? It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, only 4.4% alcohol Ooh, by volume. Good. Wow. And brewed by Ballard, uh, no, Ballard Brewing in Danville, Virginia. Okay. When's the last time we had a Midwestern beer? A long time. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Now, I missed the bell. Here's what they say. Okay. Adapted from Nana's secret dessert recipe, this sour ale brings together marshmallow, cherry, pineapple, and a touch of lactose with our mm. classic sour base. Is it going to be smoothie-like? I hope so. 
another fan favorite from our Funk Fest event that we oh. host in the tap room every January. Funk Fest. Woo-hoo. I like that. All right. And we have the Stormcloud Brewery glass and the Rue glass tonight. Not very dark. Not smoothie-esque. Nope. Big um, head. Big head. Yeah, rose-ish looking, but more red. Pinkish. Pinkish and, and cherry. red. For sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, minimal head. I said big head. Okay. Well, <laughs> somewhere in between. Yeah. Smells fruity. Can definitely smell Does it fruit. smell cherry? Um, possibly. Does cherries, do cherries have a smell? I don't know. I think maybe I smell the lactose. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Go for it. It comes off smooth and subtle, and then it just hits you. Oh. With some, with some tartness. It's not as flavorful as I thought it would be. It's more tart. But let me try it again. Is there an after factor? Mm, yeah, there is. It, it definitely hangs back there. Mm. Mm-hmm. it's not a good after i like it though i i do like it still but there it's hanging out okay. like it might be there a while let's get a number um th- oh you almost said know. three well three and a half is you what can't I'm going give for. a sour but a i'm three. thinking like will i would i order this yeah yeah well there is depends that. on if there are other sowers uh-huh that's why that's not a reliable rating yeah three and a half okay i'm surprised i thought for sure you're gonna be all over this with a five yeah, I was hoping to be, but I, I think it's... it's. I smell absolutely no fruit. Okay. Do you smell the lactose, though? No. Mm. It doesn't smell like gross beer, though, so it's no, got that going not. for it. Yeah. Here we go. I guess I like them tart. <laughs> You're a fan. Yeah, I mean, there's an after factor, but if it, yeah. if you're drinking a tart beer, you better expect an after factor. Oh, yeah. It, that's right. Do you taste the fruit, though? It's not real fruity to me. Like a hint. Maybe. No, I mean a very subtle hint of tartness. Well, yeah, but what about the yeah what about the fruit <laughs> cherries? Okay, cherries. I guess so tart cherries. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna give that a four. Ah, geez, it's good. Nice. Very now, good. Now this might put us in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah. Because the next one is a stout, and you're not gonna like that. No, you know. And so I'm then I'll be stuck to. with two, yeah. which is okay, I guess. This three and one, a half, though, you'll drink a. Three oh, and I half. definitely would. Yes. So this one is from Crystal Coast Brewing Company. Mm, it's from Will Bird mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And it's called Coconut Cream Cake Imperial Milk Stout. Oh my gosh. 10.1% oh. alcohol by volume. And this is very easy to describe. It is a black can with a piece of, of coconut cream cake on it. Layers of of cake oh. and frosting. Three layers of cake, three yep. layers of frosting. Yeah, and with some like Four coconut layers of cake. flakes on top. I yeah. like the font. Yeah, the font's it's like cool typewriter looking. font. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what it has to say about it. So this is from Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. It okay. contains lactose, so you're going to be a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Let's give it a go. It doesn't talk about how awesome it is and what's in it. So, so you we'll see, see the logo of Crystal Coast. I wonder if that's anywhere near the Outer Banks because it looked like looks like a little bit of beach grass. Maybe. Now that you watch Outer Banks, you know all about it. I do. The Hall of Famer has given up oh. on, on Outer Banks. It's just too fantastical. Too fantastical. Yeah, it's too silly. Yeah. I, I've stuck with it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done. You can watch without me. Yep. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I don't Here mind giving up on shows. In the rue glass. Whoa. Oh, this is dark. Wow. This is my kind of stout right here. This is mud water Medium right here. Medium head. Yeah. 
I'm just not going to like this. Do you this. smell the coconut? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess. It also smells maybe a little caramely. Mm, is there caramel in it? I don't think so. Okay. It must be the imperial. Oh, it I must smell. be the imperial. Yeah. Or the yeah. cream. I, I think the I cream. do smell a little coconut in there. Okay. The cream is like the lactose. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> oh, nope. Uh, that's a no. Mm-mm. Is it a one at least? No. It's a zero. Mm, ish? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's lingering. I need to wash it down with this three and a half. Are you saying there's an after factor? Uh, yeah. A five? Uh, it's hard to tell because it's just so awful. That any <laughs> little any little bit that lingers is just too much. Yeah, and Will did say he mm-hmm. didn't think you were going to like mm-hmm. this one. No, he knows. He knows. Uh, but I think uh, you're going to like it. Do you have the number under your mm. under the table that you think I'm going to guess? Got it. Oh yeah, I oh, definitely smell the coconut out. <laughs> definitely a five after factor. Oh okay, and I definitely smell the coconut. Yeah, which you said you didn't smell. Is I that tell. Rue? Rue is Rue is, Rue is snoring. Yeah, she's really <laughs> bored with what we're doing. Yep. Okay, yeah, I smell coconut and maybe a little milk stout. Okay, here we go. Please be a five. <laughs> please, please, please. Okay. I see what you're saying about the after factor. Yeah. There is one there. I would put it at maybe a two. It's not a great after factor. But I do like it. And what I would say is the last time we tested a beer, it might have been another stout that Will sent or it could have been Patrick Smith, but I don't think he sent any stouts. I think I might have given it a four. And as I kept drinking it, I liked it better. Well, it makes sense. It's a 10.1% alcohol yeah. by volume. So by the end, you're up to a five yeah, for uh, sure. It really did taste better as I continue to drink it. And I think that's what's going to happen with the coconut cream cake imperial milk stout. But at this moment, I'll take one more sip. I can't give it a five at this moment. Okay. But, you know, in a half hour, mm-hmm. that five's going to be flying. Yeah, that's a four. Aw, oh, geez, it's good. Oh, that's Nailed what you it. guessed. Yep. Good. So I have a stout and a sour that mm-hmm. I can drink yeah. tonight. I'll help you out with the sour. Okay. Good. Good. Definitely these beers will be consumed. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. Maybe while we're watching Outer Banks? No. Okay. All right. Definitely not. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. And now, and thank you for to Will and thank you to Patrick Smith, as always. And now I think it's time. We haven't heard from uh, Rachel for mm. a while. So it's time for yes. a little Rachel reports. It's time for Rachel reports. Rachel reports. Rachel reports. She reports. Well, yes, it is time for Rachel reports. Welcome back to the program. Rachel reports. <laughs> hey there. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to have you back. It's been a while since I've talked to you. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Rachel, it's officially Major League Baseball season now. Finally. I know. And this past week, the Minnesota Twins had their home opener at Target Field. And, you know, since this is the Midwest Bias podcast, let's talk about our favorite Midwest team. Midwestern team, the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) Um, Now, you had tickets. You and I have a – we share a season ticket package. You had tickets to opening day this year at Target Field. So let's talk 
Well, and for a while there, you didn't even think you were going to be able to go. So tell us about that situation first, and then we'll get into the stuff that I really want to talk about. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, a couple of months ago, I asked my parents if they wanted to go to opening game with me opening day. And they said, sure. So we bought tickets for Thursday and we certainly had been watching the weather because the weather has been pretty horrible around here. Mm-hmm. And it was looking like it was, they could play on Thursdays. It was going to be cold, but like no rain. And so we just figured uh, we just dress for it. I mean, you and I have been to plenty of freezing cold games. So, you know, what's another one? Exactly. And then I think it was maybe, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, they announced that they were going to push the game back to Friday. And I was just furious because I had a, a, an important work meeting on Friday afternoon that I could not get out of. And my parents had a funeral to go to. And I haven't missed a, a home twins game at the, at the target uh, field, uh, except for once when I was in Paris, which seemed like a good excuse. Absolutely. Uh, so I was pretty frustrated because the weather, it was just going to be cold. It would have been fine. Right. So Wednesday, I'm like trying to figure out how to get my money back or, you know, get credits for different tickets or whatever. I was expressing frustration to you, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday night, I was uh, literally looking up their like refund policy or their credit policy. And the person whose meeting I was uh, needed to go to on Friday texted me and they're like, oh no, I just had a meeting pop up Friday afternoon. Can we switch to Friday morning? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we can. Please. That would be great. Yes. And then I was trying to figure out, uh, so I had two extra tickets, who should go with me? And I knew that two of the guys I work with every day are, are big Twins fans. And I thought, well, heck, let's see. Uh, I'm their boss. I'm going to see if I can take them to a Twins game. So I turned out the three of us all left work early on Friday afternoon. Uh, and went to a Twins game and, and had a great time. That's awesome. I was so happy when you you had texted me a picture of the field and tell, told me I'm here after all, but I did not see it till after the game. So I was very excited for you that you got to go. I didn't think the whole time I said, oh, Rachel's missing a really good game. And you were there. So that was great. Yeah. So at the time of this recording right now, so the day that they cancel, they always build in Friday as a day off in case they cancel opening day uh, yeah. for rain or whatever. It was supposed to be, yeah, mid-30s and, and clear. And yeah. I thought it was really kind of not so Midwestern to cancel that because Midwesterners can deal with that weather. I agree. But uh, Friday, what was the weather like? Was you it know, better? I think it was um, upper 40s, low 50s. Uh, sunny it was sunny it was pretty funny the people in the sun were like wearing t-shirts and the people in the shade were wearing like winter jackets so it was yeah a pretty big extreme it's crazy so at the time of this recording it hasn't even been quite a week since opening day was supposed to take place on that thursday and it's currently right now at this moment 82 degrees here yes and we're in the evening it's not like three o'clock in the afternoon it's past seven o'clock at night Yes. So, and I guess today was a record high, but I, I also just think of that as spring in spring in Minnesota or spring in the Midwest. Yeah, I was laughing today. My uh, my guys at work were trying to clear a trail of snow, uh, and they were getting stuck with a tractor in two feet of snow while it was eighty five degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Minnesota. Yep, exactly. 
But that reminds me, uh, Jolene Wojcik from Nebraska emailed me. A, I guess it's a meme. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's not, it's a meme, I guess. And it said, welcome to Nebraska. Winter is at 6 a.m. Spring starts at 10 a.m. Summer is at 2 p.m. And fall starts around 4.30-ish. Dress accordingly. <laughs> I agree. There's no winning in your dress these days. <laughs> uh-uh, no. So, okay, you were able to go to opening day even with the reschedule to Friday. So tell me, well, first tell me this. Did you park in my secret parking spot or it's not so secret anymore? Or do you have your own secret parking spot now? So I don't, I did not park in your secret spot. I've had some issues getting out of there. Mm, That's because you stayed for the whole game. (laughs) Yeah, 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 right. Uh, I did try to park in what used to be traditionally our our go-to parking spot. Yes. uh, But it was full. Uh-huh. And so we came to the intersection where that, that uh, parking ramp is and it says full and I'm like, oh crap. So I take a right and there's like a lot ramp right there or a lot right there that was open and my guys were like, turn, turn, turn. So I turned in there and thank goodness I had a tiny car because it was, it was jam packed in there. But we just uh, parked in some uh, surface lot and uh, oh, the, the, the one excitement was we uh, went up to the machine and paid, uh, prepaid like you're supposed to and then it's supposed to print off a receipt that you put on your windshield. But of course the receipt didn't print. So we were in suspense all game, whether I was going to be towed, but I wasn't really worried. <laughs> okay. So you didn't get towed. What did they charge no. you at the surface lot? Uh, I think it was 15. So oh. probably pretty similar to everywhere yeah. else. Okay, okay. So $15, that's not bad. Do you, no. do you think that'll be your new secret parking spot? Oh, not at all. <laughs> okay. All right. It's just that opening day, opening day is hard to find parking. And then after opening day, it sort of progressively declines during the the season. You can find spots. Yeah, I would agree. This is the only game every year where I have trouble. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are two reasons why I don't um, go out of my way to go to opening day anymore. The number one reason is uh, fair weather. I do not want to sit in that cold. I'm not as strong as you. We we tend to not we might pick a late May game, but we usually don't start going to the games till June. And then the other reason is the parking. Yeah, parking's important. Yeah, you and I have uh, hiked some pretty long ways, dressed in lots of clothes on opening uh-huh. day. <laughs> yes, we have. Okay, now tell me, there are new rules in the MLB. A lot of new rules, but most of them are meant to speed up the games. So I think the pitch clock is 15 seconds and 20 seconds, depending on if there's any runner on base. Mm -hmm. So the pitchers only have 15 seconds to pitch. Um, I think a pitcher can only throw over to first base twice. If -hmm. there's a runner on first, they can only throw over twice. Now I've watched the games on TV and I can tell you that I love that they do seem to be working to shorten these games. And just sort of to take out that extra dead time where the batter steps out of the box and adjusts the batting gloves and spits six times and all this stuff. But I want to know what it was like, if it was any different to be in the ballpark with the new rules. What did you What did you notice? Did you notice anything? Yeah, it certainly did feel faster. It took a little bit to get used to, like, finding where the pitch clock was to, to mm-hmm. kind of feel what that timing was. Um, but it was great. It was... Th- it was only positive things to say. I think uh, we had there was one uh, pitch clock violation. I think by the batter. So uh, of course it was by the opposing team. So everybody cheered. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty good. But it's great. It's 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 wonderful. I love it. 
Well, and I know that you had an actual, one of the reasons I said you had a great game, because it went to extras and the Twins won in, in the bottom of the 10th, I believe. Yep. But, so it went to extras. Did you happen to notice how long the game was, even with extra innings? Well, it was definitely less than three hours. So oh, yes. my measure was in the past, the game should have been three hours. They were always more than three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a 3-10 game, and I was hoping to get to a meeting in Woodbury uh, on the east side of the cities at 7 o'clock. I, I didn't think there would there, – we wouldn't have even left the stadium till 6.30 or 6.45 in the past. Mm-hmm. I was able to leave the stadium – drop some guys off in South Minneapolis, make it to Woodbury by seven. So it was, and it was an extra innings game. So it was like maybe 240, 245. Uh, wow. It was phenomenal. That is significant. And I hope yep. it just continues. Yep. Uh, yep. Because it's, it, a little bit of me is a little bit, I don't love it because if I don't get to start the game and start watching right away, if I, it, you know, it's like in the past, if I, if the game starts at one o'clock, say, but I can't start watching until two, oh, I only missed an hour. They'll be in the third inning. Well, now yep. they're already in the sixth inning. Yep. That's the only reason <laughs> that I, I kind of are, I'm like, oh, but I, I do overall, I think it's great. Yep. Yep. Can I tell you that they put up a new scoreboard this year and it's noticeably bigger? Oh, how did you know my next question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, did you notice any change in the ballpark? Anything new? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah so the, the scoreboard was definitely bigger. There was some sort of decorative ball um, above the scoreboard on the right side, right field. Uh, nice. And then I heard that, like, when they hit a home run, there's the mini in St. Paul in center field. Apparently, they actually do shake hands now. Oh, but okay. unfortunately, yeah. we didn't get to see a home run, so we didn't get to see that. We assumed the the ball in right field lit up. But the funny part was the big scoreboard in left field. I mean, it's massive, and it's brand new. And man, they were having so many glitches. Oh. Uh, I I'm not an expert on the Twins uh, roster and what all the guys look like, but I, I do know that the center fielder uh, was batting number ninth, and he's I think it's Michael Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, his picture showed up for every single player. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's so a big was, glitch. Yeah, it was a pretty big glitch. They were having some issues, so uh, that was just kind of amusing to see. <laughs> totally, and you know what? You mentioned Michael Taylor. He goes by Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, you have to say that middle initial. But Kornheiser fans will know this. He played for the Nats. For a number of years. Last year, I think he played for the Royals, but he was with the Nats for a number of years. I think he came up through their organization. And so Kornheiser's team is the Nats. And Michael A. Taylor strikes out a lot, a lot. At least he did when he was a Nat. Mm-hmm. So they changed it. They changed his name. I don't know who did it, but they called him Michael K. Taylor, which I love. <laughs> but so far, the funny thing about Michael K. Taylor or Michael A. Taylor, he has he's had a home run he's had a number of doubles he had a walk-off bunt the other night so yep. so far he's doing okay but I, I imagine that will regress and he'll go yeah. back to Michael K. Taylor yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay we talked about a new scoreboard any new food in the ballpark that you noticed you know, I I think there was some new food 
Uh, but I can't say that I partook. I was actually going to get some food, and because the game was going so fast and it was a sellout, the lines were, like, absurdly long. Oh, so sure. I ended up not getting any food, which uh, I don't usually do, but it, no, the game was don't. just so fast, the lines didn't get any shorter. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what the new foods are yet this year. Do you foresee yourself knowing that the games are, are shorter? And you don't, you know, you could go for concessions and come back. You could go in the second inning, come back, and you're in the fifth inning. Yeah. Do you foresee yourself ordering? Because they talk, they brag about order on the app and we'll bring it to you. A, do you foresee yourself doing that more often? Or B, do you foresee yourself just ordering from the old-fashioned vendor that walks up and down the stairs? Or C, both? Or D, none of the above? So I would hesitate to do the mobile order because the Twins concession stands have only ever failed me. So <laughs> yes, I know <laughs> a lot of confidence. I did not see any vendors this year. So I don't think they've come back from COVID yet of walking up and down the stairs. Really? They were just standing in the hallways selling beer. Oh, that's strange. And actually, part of the reason I refused to wait in line was because of the length of the line. I knew I was going to be missing multiple innings. In the past, I wouldn't have cared because you would have missed like half an inning. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. But I'm not worried because the lines won't be that bad the rest of the year, I'm pretty sure. Okay. uh, Or I can bring a snack with. Well, you know what you could bring? And and you have gotten me a very kind gift (laughs) that I will definitely have to use, especially this year, so I don't waste time in line. Why don't you explain what you got me? Well, I I seem to recall there being some drama about a salad at the baseball game and the um, salad dressing in a glass container getting confiscated. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, there may have been a drama about that. And I happened to be somewhere where there was a uh, small uh, Mm non-glass container to haul salad dressing. So I may have gifted that to you and So you'll be prepared for this baseball season. Yes, and I might use it more than I might have thought because I don't want to stand in line. I don't want to miss the game. Yep, yep. Okay, so you didn't get – I was going to ask you what food you got. You didn't get any food. Um, No. (laughs) So I do want to ask you this because this is the number one – there are two reasons why I wish I would want to go to opening day. One, opening day giveaway is always usually – I shouldn't say always – usually great – and two, you and I went to opening day probably, what, five years mm-hmm. before I decided I was a cold weather or a fair weather fan Yeah, or fair weather ballpark. So I do miss that, but it's just too hard for me to go. It's also a Thursday and it's a ways away and whatever. The sure. point I'm asking, what I want to know is, did you get there in time for the giveaway? What was it? And did you like it? Yeah, so... Can I tell you, I'm still better that we didn't get a, give a, get a giveaway in 2021, I think it was, at opening day. And so yeah. I'm like... Hyper- they should have figured something out for that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hypersensitive about that. So um, yeah, actually, we did get there on time for that. It was a Twins baseball hat with their new logo, which the new logo. I can't say I'm a fan of. But yeah, we all got them. Um, they look pretty nice. They... Uh, you know, usually there's a big advertisement patch on it or something, but it's pretty uh, small this year, so it's pretty cool. Uh, now I miss I didn't I didn't miss what you said. Did you say you're not a big fan of the new logo, or you are? I am not a big fan of the new logo. Isn't it sort of league wide? Yeah, I I feel like it looks just like the Marlins one, and yeah, they just like change the font on the T or something, and it just looks dumb <laughs> oh oh so your does your hat have an m or a tc 
Yeah, this one had the TC. Oh, the, okay. The M certainly looks like the Marlins, but the TC, yes. I mean, it just, the font's different. It just looks silly. Yeah, the font's different, and don't they have a little ball on the top? Like a red yeah, ball? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, that's what I think that is universal. Yeah. Um, around all the teams seem to be having, like, I don't know, Boston Red Sox might have B with the little red ball on the top. Sure, sure. I yeah, I just thought it could have been up. more creative. Yeah. I might have been making that up, but I feel like they tried to make it universal. Sure. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to report? I I, I guess I want to know when's your next game. I don't think we go till May. Yeah, I think we go June 15th. I think to, they're playing the Brewers. So actually that'll be a busy game too. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all, all the Brewers fans show up. Yep. Weather yep. should be slightly better. We hope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> is there anything else you want to report on? I don't think so. I, I will just mention from the game itself, it was fun. Uh, Hamilton's in town, and so the, the oh, national yeah. anthem singer was Hamilton. And they did have the flyover, which is always cool. But for me, the highlight with the national anthem is whenever they have an eagle uh, uh-huh. to see where the eagle lands yeah. after the fiasco you and I saw. But uh-huh. there was no eagle this year, so that was a tad disappointing. No eagle. Yeah, I'll never forget that, that it landed on that pitcher guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember yep. his name off the top of my the head. The Mariner's starting picture. Yeah, it yep. was pretty funny. I think he plays for the Yankees now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they call him the Big Maple because he's from Canada and he's a big right, dude. Yep. So it's only <laughs> fitting that the eagle landed in the tree, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for joining me. Yeah, always fun. Now we're. I'm going to move from one sport to the next. And speaking of Jolene earlier, I'm going to bring her in because I need a Masters recap and she went to the Masters. It's the sports episode. So thank you very much, Rachel. We'll chat again whenever you have something else to report on. Sounds good. Thank you. Hopefully I don't have to wait till the state fair to have you back. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks, Rachel. We had to bring Jolene back on because I would like a master's recap. Welcome back, Jolene. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for coming back. How are you? Good, good. I, I'm re-entry this week. You know, you go away for the Masters with no phone and just being away. Yes. And now yes. it's like it's like re-entry back into day-to-day work. I thought about you several times throughout the whole broadcast, the four days, because I was like, I should text her and find out where she's sitting and what she's wearing. But I remembered, oh, yeah, no phone's in there. She won't get it till she gets home tonight. So I never was able to. I kept forgetting to ask you what you're going to wear tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be a bright pink visor so the TV will pick it up. <laughs> Actually, I had a pink stocking cap on, a master's one. And Taylor had a pink hat on. So we actually did have pink hats on one day. Oh, shoot. I wish I would have known. <laughs> Okay, well, first off, I know that you told us the last time you were on that you were planning on being there all four days, which is not typical for you. You you usually just go Monday, I'm sorry, Thursdays or Fridays, and you went all four days this year, and I want to know if you were first in line all four days, and what time did you have to get up? Okay. Actually, yes, we were first in line all four <laughs> days. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> we get up. I get up. We get up about 4.40 and we leave the house that we're staying at about 5.20, 5.30. Except for Sunday where we were, we left the house um, at 4.30 and we were in line at 4.45 on Sunday. Sunday's a different deal. A lot more people because they all want to be on 18 and mm-hmm. um, 
it's 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 ugly and aggressive and Taylor about got trampled and no guys don't care they just put their arms out and shove you and so oh, it's, yeah so it gets you know for Friday or for Sunday it gets you know a little more difficult but we managed we were we were um pushed back a little bit but we managed to get on 18 but it is it's no fun <laughs> on that day <laughs> okay well okay. so first of all what time do the gates open so you're there at 445 445 for Sunday and 545 the rest of the days yes Mm-hmm. Okay, so what time does the gate, do they open at 7? They do open at 7, so like about, you know, 6.30, they take you a little further in. So when you get there, there's people in line, so we're back a little further. But then they do like two different times where they like let us go a little forward. And if you just walk fast, you you can pass a bunch of people. And you have to, otherwise you're just left behind. So when oh, we get there, okay. we're not necessarily in front, but, you know, after the first let go, we get a little closer. And then when we get to the turnstiles where we have to go through the metal detectors, then then we're a little further up. And then this time they had about 10 security guards that walked us all the way down to the front. And so you would think even on a Sunday with 10 security guards walking you, it would be okay, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's your feet are getting hit and like Taylor just got pushed back. And so um, if we weren't so intent on sitting on 18, we wouldn't have to do all this, but we figure we come all this way. We might as well be where we want to be. So um, actually even with all of that, we got, we were the last row on 18 because when we walked up to the green Sunday morning, the members and the corporate sponsors were allowed to put all their chairs down ahead of time. So there actually was only one row, the back row left on 18, but we were, the row where we were at was kind of by the pin. So um, there was only about six rows there. So we were like in the sixth row <sighs> over there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good, but it's also, has this happened before? I, I mean, you usually get to 18 first. Yeah. On the other you days, your pick. <laughs> yes. The other days it works that way. Sunday's different. And also okay. they changed they changed the rules. They used to make the members kind of start up by the clubhouse. And so when we were let in at, you know, 730, they were also let in at 730. So they actually did have to make an effort to go put their chair down as a member. Mm-hmm. Now they let them go in like from 7 to 710. They're allowed to go out and put all their chairs down. And actually they oh. don't even do it. We could see other people doing it for them. <laughs> Oh, so they paid paid somebody to do it or something. Yeah, or the or the club just does it now. So anyway, so their chairs are all there. So you walk up and there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of chairs already down. So we knew where we wanted to go and just made a mad dash over there and luckily um, got our spot. But a lot of people that also got up early then had to go further down. And I'm sure they still got a, a decent viewing area. But um, it's it was just a little bit different this year. And how do we feel about that? It doesn't seem quite fair. It's it's stressful. Uh-huh. It is a little stressful when you're in line because you it, you made all like I just like I said you make all that effort and then it's like oh you might not get to sit there but yeah. there's other spots. Um, it's just nice when you get your chair down and you're like okay that part's over with now we can just you know now nothing else is stressful believe me. Yeah, and I can't believe that nobody messes with the chairs the whole time. We've discussed this many times. I, I apparently I don't change my opinion on this. 
I still think it's crazy. I saw empty chairs on the TV and I'm like, those people could move to those chairs until they come back at least. Nobody does. Yeah, it's just, and that's what's a little frustrating about the members' chairs because they're in having cocktails and watching on the TV. Um, They literally, some of them come down for like the last five or six groups. And with the 2T start this year with the rain and everything, there was Mm -hmm. nonstop golf at 18 to watch. Um, Right. Yeah, and so right. that's that's a little frustrating. But you, I think other than a Sunday, people do plop down in the chairs and you just move. Like we, with our spot on 18, we'd go over to Nine Green or we'd go over to the one tee box. And I always sat in somebody else's chair and just one time, you know, one guy, the leaders were coming up nine. And so um, he's like, hey, that's my chair. But he only watched the one group, you know, come through and that was it. So seems like a lot of effort to watch one group go through <laughs> to put your chair down there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, okay, but, so you nobody in your party got kicked out. It sounds like a Sunday, the way people were pushing and shoving, shoving somebody had to get kicked out. Yeah. No, what they do is like if someone's like running, then when they do let us go out on the course, um, you're not supposed to run, and they'll just they'll just kind of hold you and and put you in what they call the penalty box. So like a marshal <laughs> will like hold you, and you'll watch you know hundreds of people running, you know not running, walking quickly by you. Mm-hmm. So that was all that we really saw this time of, of what, you know, as far as anybody getting in trouble and, and all of our group behaved and just walked quickly to our spot. So we were in no I'm trouble. Impressed. I'm impressed with your speed, your speed walking. Do you train for this all year long? <laughs> no, no. And I, <laughs> I'm surprised I could get up the hill because I, I could really <laughs> feel it. <laughs> were you sore the next four days every morning as the quads were burning every day, um, each, a little bit more each day? They they sell a leave and Advil at the course, so I did <laughs> purchase a few of those. Okay. Well, speaking of purchasing things at the course and of rain, did you have to buy an umbrella or did you actually check the weather forecast ahead of time? So you see all on, on TV, you see all these umbrellas that all say the Masters. And uh, my relatives were here that they don't normally watch golf, but I warned them that they would there would be golf on when they were here, and everybody was asking, well, do they have to buy those umbrellas, or they are they allowed to bring their own umbrellas? And I did notice that there were other umbrellas. They weren't all masters, but I saw a ton of masters umbrellas. So we kind of thought those people didn't plan and they had to go buy one. What did you do? Well, we definitely planned. So we packed. I knew it. Lots of layers. I packed ponchos. We did stop at a Walgreens to buy the small umbrellas in Augusta, but I was intending to buy a big one. And um, my daughter's fiance that went along, he wanted to buy a master's big one too. So those are for purchase. I think they're like seventy-five bucks for one of those. Um, I bet. We bought some nice five-dollar ones at Walgreens. Actually, with the poncho, you know, you didn't really need the big poncho and the umbrella, but we used the umbrella a little bit and then just kind of had a hood up on a poncho, and that was good for a lot of the time. Um, So we did come prepared with with everything, and it got used. (laughs) It all got used. (laughs) Good, because it looked absolutely miserable. I mean, if you saw any of the coverage when you got home at night, Tiger looked like he was going to cry. He was so miserable. And yeah. I, I think I texted you at some point, are you dried out yet? And what did Go I ahead. respond? 
You said basically we're used to this. We're hardy Midwesterners. <laughs> True. So we had, um, let's see, four layers on the top, three layers on the bottom with rain, you know, golf rain gear on. And mm-hmm. we just were not cold. It was not cold Saturday. Um, with the layers we had on and the the rain gear, we we stayed pretty dry. There were times when it really was kind of coming down a little sideways, and we wondered how the heck they were playing golf in that because it just right. seemed crazy. And we did see a little coverage, and we actually thought it didn't do justice of how awful it was out there <laughs> as far as them trying uh-huh. to play in that. It was all right sitting there, and we sat there until they blew the horn and then headed out quickly and Mm -hmm. uh, to try and beat, you know, the big crowds leaving. And um, it was fine. A question we had while viewing, where do they go when you are evacuated? Where do they send you? Do you have to go to your car? Where do they, where do you, is there evacuation center? Because what if they resume play in two hours? Do you really want to drive off and go back to your hotel or house? No, it didn't happen this time when they blew the horn. Everybody left. Let's see, they blew the horn and stopped coverage, I think, the first time. But usually it's they tell you you're leaving and they just make you leave the course. Um, In prior years, if everything lets up, they do resume play and you can go back in. Um, So we've sat in the car. We've Mm -hmm. we went to a movie once, if you can believe it, Um, (laughs) came back and they had started play. We went back in. So, um, but for this, I think they knew it was going to be so heavy that they just evacuate everyone and you are to leave. I see. One other thing that happened that we were a little bit worried about you, Jolene, was that there was coverage of huge trees falling down on the 17th tee box. And like, you could see them coming down slowly and people scattering. It was after the horns had been blown, but people weren't, had, weren't they didn't leave, I guess. And you're on 18 green. So I think 17T and 18 green are nowhere near each other, but I've never been there. So I was wondering, where was Jolene when the trees came down? Yeah. So we actually um, were just getting ready to leave that day because the first group that was there on Thursday and Friday, that the granddaughters and my, my friend and her daughter, they were heading to Atlanta to catch their flight. And so we were, and, oh, okay. um, she didn't want to get caught in the crowd and we could feel the weather turning. And so we were on our way out when that happened. Oh, good. But it, it was interesting to the next morning in line, um, one of the guys next to us was on that tee box and he said they heard the roots cracking. So he said there was about 30 seconds where they knew where they heard this cracking of the, the tree and could tell something was going to happen. Um, So they had a little bit of warning, but still, which way do you go? I mean, it is a Uh miracle, absolute miracle that no one was hurt. Well, within 15 minutes, Augusta had chainsaws out there and in a half hour, (laughs) it was cleaned up. And um, yeah, and then we went over there the next day just to look at it. And you can't just the you can't believe the size of the they had it covered. It was, so it wasn't a hole. They had a tarp mm-hmm. over it. But just to look at how big that area is, yeah, it's it was a miracle. Oh, yeah, I bet it's huge. Uh, the tree looked gigantic when it was coming down. Three of them. Three of them ended up falling. Three of them. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, I promised you a short recap. I'm already past that time that I, <laughs> that I promised you that you'd be out of here by. Um, so... 
do, do I have time for, can I, can I, can I go oh, past can... the time I told you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. It's fine. Okay. I wondered the gift shop. Did you, did you go to the gift shop and did you, every year you buy stuff at the gift shop? Did you, did you make a trip this year or did you refrain? Oh gosh, I have, you have to go. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if you've noticed the last couple of years they have, and you can see them on eBay, they have these gnomes. So they yeah. started with the 2020 year because the masters was in November. So the gnome was uh, in Christmas gear and then they've had a new one each year and they sell out within five to 10 minutes. And so, from when the gift shop opens, so Friday, and it's one per person. So Friday, myself and one of the my friend's granddaughters, we went in there. They held our spot, and we went in and grabbed the gnome. And they have shipping right next door, so we grabbed two mo gnomes and paid for them and went in the shipping line and shipped them out and got back in, in line, and they hadn't even let them on the course yet. So we were all set. Oh, and, wow. You're yeah. a pro. <laughs> So they open the gift shop before people can go on the course? Oh, yes. There's a ton of people that are in line early that they oh. go right to the gift shop. That's what they do, which other than the okay. gnome, I wouldn't have that be my first thing. But they actually right. do. They get out of the line and they go to the gift shop. Oh, um, well, look, at you guys had it all. You're yeah. absolute pros. <laughs> well, the other thing is uh, Taylor in buying her rain gear, she ended up buying um, like she didn't have any of that. So she bought all kids stuff extra large, which fit her perfect. Mm, so yes. I was a little bit disappointed in some of the women's stuff this year. And she's like, well, let's go to the kids section, which I had already gone and bought Charlotte all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but I didn't think to check like sweatshirts for myself. So her and I both got extra large kids sweatshirts that were really cute and they were $49, which is way cheaper than the adult section. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be my new go-to is check out the kids clothes. Yep. Taylor knows. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. what I do too. I, a lot of the time I go for the XLs in the kids section. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could do that for shoes, but they don't quite work for me. <laughs> yeah. So I got a few things for myself, lots of things for Charlotte and then some gifts for other people. So I, I did enough damage, that's for sure. So you spent the usual amount, if not more. The gnome put you Correct. over the top. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. How about the famous pimento and cheese sandwich? Oh, yes. I always have that. So since I don't eat meat, you know, I, I got the egg salad mm -hmm. the pimento cheese going, which are great. The thing that's kind of trendy, and actually my sister Sandra did this long ago, is you buy one egg salad and one pimento cheese sandwich okay. and then yeah. you you know pull them apart and you have egg salad and pimento cheese together in your sandwich oh, you know um, sandy's hip sandy knows. <laughs> yeah so she was doing that long ago She's and somebody said it curve. was it was like trending or something so um, <laughs> yeah. i did i did not do that i don't like my foods touching so i don't want a combo sandwich oh, that reminds me maybe we should go over this now that you said that or maybe we should save this for an entirely different, because I feel like it'll go on and on. But I heard a couple of emails you sent to the Kornheiser show about how you don't like food touching and how to properly eat a salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that could maybe, be another time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a teaser for next time, yeah, because I have yeah. a lot to say about that. Yeah, but yeah. did the prices go up of, on these sandwiches? Because I know that they they are pretty reasonable. 
Nope. They were um, $1.50 is what a pimento cheese or an egg salad sandwich is. Um, some mm-hmm. of the other ones are, you know, 2 bucks, two fifty, but okay. um, prices prices are low. And there was, there was a rumor that the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich was going away, but that was just a rumor because they were there. So it's like oh, two hey, sugar cookies. Yeah. Two sugar cookies. And then it's got some like peach, peach ice cream between it. And I had given up, this was Easter weekend. And so I had given up sweets for Lent. And so I didn't have oh. any of the caramel corn or the chocolate chip cookies or the moon pies or the ice cream until oh, Easter Sunday. You. Oh, <laughs> then you I, nuts. Yeah. Then I had a um, <laughs> ice cream sandwich in the morning. I had one in the afternoon. I had a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> so I got it <laughs> all be. in on Sunday. Yep. Well, you got to do what you got to do. What is your go-to? What's your favorite? I know you have your go-tos. What is your favorite food there? Probably the egg salad. I just like the egg salad. <gasps> okay. And and then, they ha- oh, they had something new this year. They had a cheese stick, which is kind of like a cheese it cracker, only better. And okay. it was... I'm trying to the, picture this. Yeah. And the package of the crackers had nine grams of carbs and seven grams of protein. So it was like a low-carb cracker. And it was great. So I ate those every day. That's my new favorite. What do you mean, favorite. though? It was a cheese stick. They call it a cheese stick, but just because they make it oh, kind of. It's not a, it's like a cheese it, but they don't want to steal the name. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I bet them. you I'd like that. So that's your yeah. new favorite. Well, it was so great because I'm like, look, at, I'm getting this protein. I'm getting low carb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So those were pretty good. Those were new. Okay. Well, that's. We're getting all the information. Um, I'm going to let you go after this one. You know, we're not going to talk about the winner. We don't care about the winner. We don't care about that. We care about the logistics. We care about how the weather was, what happens, what happens when you get evacuated. How much money did you spend in the gift shop? How was the parking? I assume the parking was good if you were first. Oh, yes. But they they I have that figured out for sure, okay, the parking. Good. Yep. Do you have any highlights of this tournament? You brought some new people. You were there all four days. Any highlights or highlights? Yeah. So bringing, you know, being there with my husband, Tim, and then bringing Taylor and her fiance, that was, that was great just to spend that time with them and spend that time with them with no phones, which is just fabulous to do four days of that. The other highlight for me, of course, is Freddie. He made the cut. He's 63. He is now the oldest person to make the cut. He played great. I followed him Thursday and Friday. I actually talked to his longtime coach who happened to be standing. I was on a tee box and he started saying, hey, Freddie's back has been really good. He was kind of telling the guy next to him. Well, I look at his, he's got a name badge on and I, it's, you know, his coach. And I'm like, oh, I said, I listened to Freddie's radio show the other day. And he goes, you did all two hours. I'm like, absolutely. Because he does it on Tuesday before the, the champions dinner. Oh, okay. And so it was just fun chatting with him. And um, I said, you know, I want to, this was early on Thursday. And I said, well, I really want him to make the cut. And he's like, well, he's swinging it pretty good. And um, then he was asking how long I had been there. And I said that, you know, I had come since my first year was Arnie's last year. And so we got to go around the course as everybody's applauding Arnold Palmer. And and he says to me, you know, I, I don't know if Freddie's going to do that. He doesn't like all the attention. So he said, I think 
one of these masters, he's just going to, at the end of it, say that was my last one. And no one will know that that was his last one as he's playing. So then I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy knows something. This is his last masters. Yeah, he might have been trying to tip you off. Well, I, I wondered about that then. Freddie is married to Suzanne, and they married got married last year. And yes. he tweeted a uh, picture of her winning a amateur or a, a club championship with a friend of hers um, earlier this year. And so oh. she's standing. So I was on hole six then, and there she is by herself. And so I went up to her and I said, congratulations. And she kind of looked at me funny because, of course, I was a stranger walking up to her. And yeah. I said, on your club championship win. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, I can't believe he tweeted that. Anyway, she was a delight. She was so nice. She asked my name. Then now what's your name? I said, Jolene. Oh. She's like, oh, like the song. Oh, I love Dolly Parton. <laughs> so yeah. she was very kind. So I asked her then. I said, you know, I wonder if Freddie's just going to finish some year and we're not going to know it's his last year because he doesn't like all that attention. And she said, oh, I don't think he'd do that. So now I'm like, do you believe the longtime coach or do you believe the wife? Yes. <laughs> On which way it's going to go. <laughs> So these are the things we want to know about the Masters. Jolene, so you, I know you like golf, but you you also go to find Freddie's wife and to talk to the people that, that you have seen for how many years that you've been there. And I don't want to ever, like, bother somebody, you know. Right. Yes, um, I get that. You know, there was one time Freddie was playing with Dustin Johnson, and so Wayne Gretzky and Janet Jones and Paulina um, are walking yes. along, you know. And yeah. so... I chatted a little bit with Janet Jones just in passing. Oh, that was a good shot or whatever, you know, and she talked a little bit, but then it's like, okay, then you kind of stay away because you don't want to be like mm -hmm. stalking them. And, and you don't want to be a hanger on. No. And so you just kind of, you just move away. And it's just, I don't know. It just kind of happens. You know, when Greg Norman was there, when he was back, when he had qualified after he did so well at the, the open that one year, um, he was dating Chris Everett then. And um, oh, she was walking along. Dated. Yeah. And I was walking along with her and with, you know, I saw her ahead and I thought, oh my gosh, this, I loved her growing up watching her play mm -hmm. tennis. So oh, I'm yeah. like, I am not missing my chance. So I actually walked like a whole hole with her and, um, she was just so nice as well. And it was just great to be able to chat with her and, and then you leave them alone. Then you like, okay, I had a whole, I walked a whole hole with her. I'm going to leave her alone and not bother her anymore, but yeah, you've um, got it figured out. Yeah. I, and I then you don't, you don't have phones either. So you're not like, oh, can I have a picture, you know, right. or anything like that? Right. Yeah, it's just more organic, I guess. You know? Right, right. Okay, any other highlights? Well, I was like, we were sitting on 18 and the, the granddaughters, um, there was a couple kids on the rope that were getting all the balls and they weren't terribly disappointed, but they really wanted Tiger's ball. And I had told one of the little gals to, to say Mr. LaCava, who's Joey LaCava, is, is uh, Tiger's caddy. I said, you know, yeah. may I have Tiger's ball? So say that when he comes up here. Well, then Tiger's, you know, having a good round and um, people are clapping, former champion and Tiger. So everybody's cheering. So they can't hear. So I just yelled, Joey. And mm -hmm. he looks over at me. And then I pointed at, at the granddaughter and said, you know, ball for her. And then the little boy on the rope also asked for the ball. And he's like, she asked me first and he tossed it over to me. And then I gave it to the gal and everybody cheered. And so that was pretty exciting. And then the next day I was on awesome. uh, 
to tee box and Tiger also teed off and he threw his tee down. And so I know one of the marshals on that hole. So I would kind of motion him over you do. <laughs> and I'm like, Tiger's tee is on the box. And of course they're not supposed to give those away. So, but he goes over there and acts like he's kind of cleaning the box up a little bit and picks it up and hands it over to me. And what's crazy is my daughter, Jessica was watching on one of the apps, you know, one of the streaming oh, services yeah? And she was watching hole two and she said, I knew exactly what you, she, she saw me motion the marshal over and she goes, I knew exactly what you were doing, mom. <laughs> and so he brought the <laughs> tea over to me. So if this was Tiger's last masters, we got a ball from him and a tea and I'm going to keep and the, the tea. tea. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the tea. I have kept you 17 minutes longer than I said I would. So I am going to let you go. I appreciate all the inside scoop inside info from the masters and i can't wait to do it again next year yeah sounds good yeah it's just uh, like i said i've always just felt pretty lucky and blessed to be able to do this it was great next year i want to plan we need i need a plan of your outfits for all four days or all two days whatever you end up doing uh, i will need to know what you're going to wear and where you might be um, I need to, what I need to do is follow Freddie Couples if they ever do a feature group, and then I'll know where to find you. Yeah, it's funny because they showed um, on masters.com, they had like entering into the masters and they had people up close, like on this video. And mm -hmm. my sister snapped a picture of it. And she's like, there you are. And she sent it to me. And so that night I was looking at it and I'm like, I, ha I have a red visor on there. That's not from this year. They use footage from a different year because oh. I didn't I didn't wear my red visor. So um, See, that was kind of funny. You even have their number. They can't even <laughs> get anything by you. Okay, Jolene, next time we talk food touching and salad, the proper order to eat a salad. <laughs> Perfect. I'll plan on it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Talk thank you. Bye-bye. And we're back. I lied, Jolene. Um, I'm going to keep you longer than 17 and a half minutes past the time that I said I was going to keep you because I forgot to ask you one question. We, I said we didn't care about the winner and the players, but I did want to know about the live players, or as Tony calls them, the Saudi players. Did you hear any heckling? I mean, Phil Mickelson ended up tying for second place, I think. Yes. That was that was something I did not expect. I don't think anybody had Phil in their pools. Did you hear fans heckling? I mean, I know they're pretty polite there at Augusta, but what what's did you hear anything? Yeah. No, no heckling and that's probably not going to happen there, but mm -hmm. I you definitely could tell that the live golfers did not get any love from the patrons because oh. even the past champions and the ones even that have been quiet. So like DJ, he's not real vocal about live. He just kind of says, well, it worked out for me or whatever. He, the, the applause was very light. Usually on 18, when a prior champion is finishing his round and walks off, everybody stands, you stand and clap for all prior winners. And they didn't, they didn't do it for DJ. They didn't do it for Bubba. They didn't do it for Patrick Reed, which Patrick oh. Reed has other things going. And even mm -hmm. Phil on the other days. Now, when Phil played so well on Sunday, he got, uh, you know, a lot of applause and a lot of cheering. And I think just because he had such a great round. So I Sunday yeah. for Phil was different. But the other, the other days, it was, you know, it just wasn't the same. And I've been there enough. I mean, they, those people love Phil. 
you know. So for him right. to come to a tee box or leave a tee box or leave 18 after a round and not have people stand or cheer or clap very much was way different. And even just hearing people talk about it. So um, no one was yelling anything, but just the talk as you're sitting there. I mean, you're there for four days all day long. So this comes up, you know, and um, people were, they're just disgusted with that whole Saudi tour. So, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, You know, they they didn't give Phil much coverage, even when he was shooting the 65, Uh, but they did show his last few holes. And I only saw him do the thumbs up once. And it was very, it was, it, it was obviously different for me as a viewer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was interesting as as you're sitting on 18 and they have that manual scoreboard. So when Brooks was losing strokes and Rom was, you know, pulling ahead, mm-hmm. the cheers every time that Kep's bogeyed, uh, Kepka bogeyed. Oh. And if, you know, Rom would birdie or, you know, the just tons of cheering for that. So I don't know if it was necessarily that they wanted it to be a, a tighter match or they really did want Rom to win or did they not want Brooks to win? But it was crazy every time there was a score change. I mean, the cheers just went up. So I think everybody was thrilled with the winner and thrilled yeah. that it wasn't a Saudi tour guy. And you were thrilled with the winner as well. I said we didn't care about the winner, but I might as well. I've already kept you 20 minutes past. <laughs> yeah. No, I was happy that he won it. You know, he's he loves the tradition of golf and mm-hmm. knows the the history of it, all that. And of course it was on Easter Sunday. And when he did his green jacket ceremony, he made the sign of the cross and looks to the heavens. So I'm like, okay, you're, I'm for you. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that his jacket was two inches too short when he put it on? Oh no, I didn't. Uh, his, his sleeves look to be a little short. He's going to need <laughs> to get that tailored. Tailored a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Now we covered everything. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, I guess I'll say goodbye again. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Hope you had a so great I hope Central Standard Time. <laughs> I certainly did. All right. That's it. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwest Bias Pod. On the World Wide Web at Midwest Bias dot castos that's c-a-s-t-o-s dot com you can email us your questions and comments most midwestern moments of the week midwest mediator and anything else at midwestbiaspod at gmail.com you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts and if you're listening to this you obviously found us and lastly i would really love a five-star review wherever you can leave reviews for podcasts So thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Bye now. Ice cream sandwich in the morning. I had one in the afternoon. I had a chocolate chip cookie. So I got it all in on Sunday.